Everybody out there in Dimwin Nation, I am here with your favorite podcast. This is the DYM podcast. I am your one of your one of your co-hosts, Dutch, aka Sean Donnelly, here with the cool breeze himself, the probably the biggest hockey fan I know, Andrew Fiore. How are you, my friend? Tidy ho, neighbor. How you doing there, Dutch Booth? <laughs> I'll explain why I'm done. I got to know uh, yours says jello for today on, uh-huh. on the stream yard stream. Um, uh-huh. Do you want to explain why you're jello for today? Yeah, sure. I, uh, that's, I have a couple different nicknames and I, if I mentioned this on the pod before, I apologize, but I don't remember um, this one. So I, you know, I have, uh, I basically am very lucky man when it comes to friendships. I have, I have a bunch of uh, comedy friends as you and I share. I have mm-hmm. a great group of college friends, and I also, you know, you and I, we both grew up in the same area. Not, not the same area, but this surrounding tri-state area. Yes. I have hometown friends, too, and I'm all still very close with them. And I also kind of have new city friends that you make when you move to New York. And as you know, I've been going to a bar called O'Hanlon's for many, many years now. Yes, you're basically a stool. I'm basically a stool. I'm a bar <laughs> fly, literally. <laughs> and... As you get to know the other barflies, you guys all start to create your own nicknames within that group. So Jello is one that uh, was given to me by our mutual friend from your area where you grew up in, Mr. Dan Sweeney, who is the owner and proprietor of 11th Street Bar in the East Village, who, might I add, is a very big dimwit. Yes, he listens to the show. And... Which uh, goes into my thing that I have to say right after this nickname, which is why I I chose this as my moniker for this week's episode. So back in the day, it was maybe, let's say, 2005, six or seven around there. uh, Dan and I uh, becoming good friends. We realized that we we actually met in college at one point randomly. And so we become drinking buddies. And uh, we actually ended up bartending at St. Mark's Ale House together for, for a while. So one night uh, we were at O'Hanlon's and we were getting pretty into it. And a couple of Chardonnays. What this, I don't know. He had a few Chardonnays. I don't know if you know this about me, Sean, but when I get a few in me, I don't like to sit. I like to stand at a bar. I like to stand in a group, break balls. Yes. I don't like sitting down. I don't know what I, it is. Well, I here's the thing. I know that about you because I am the same exact freaking way. Yeah. I would rather like I get I get uncomfortable sitting. People will be like, let's get a table. And I'm always like, I don't want to get a table. Yeah, I don't want to do around. it. Come like on, let's be... stand up. Let's go to group to group. Let's right. work the room, baby. So I was uh, exceptionally drunk one night and uh, Dan just goes, hey, well, why did you sit down, bro? And I go, I'm a stander. I like sitting, you know? Yeah. And yeah. he goes, well, you should sit down. You're you're moving back and forth like a bowl of jello right now. <laughs> and 
Yeah. You were like well, two seconds from just falling on your ass. Yeah, just, exactly. Just blacked out drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Andy Jello kind of stuck as a barfly nickname for years, still to this day, within some of that crowd. I will walk in, people will go, Jello, Jelly. Get out of here. Yeah, they'll go Jello. So it's it's that's you know, another oh, thing yeah. that another thing that you're you're touching on is a nickname surviving. So nickname like, survival. Nickname survival is actually really tricky. Like it really has to be like, I, I think I've told you, sorry, you know, finish your story, but go ahead. Is that, was that the end? That was, that's why you're called Jello. That's what you're saying. Well, that that's the origin of it. But uh, yeah, I, I will still get, so I, I went in and visited our friend Dan last Friday. Uh, yeah. I had a spot early and then I said, ah, I'm off for the rest of the night. Let me go hang out with my buddy. I don't get to see him that much because, you know, at the last year, he's been working his ass off. Go to 11th Street Bar and support these small it's a great bar. It's a great, it's a great bar. bar. Oh, it's a great bar. And uh, so I find Dan. He goes, oh, perfect timing, Jill. I just finished uh, wrapping up my my work for the day. Let's have a few cocktails uh, and we'll sit and we'll catch up like old times. And here's the thing. He's such a big dimwit. He knows all my life events already. <laughs> so I'm going, hey, uh, oh, but here's something. I haven't seen my buddy in a couple months, but he listens every week. Yeah. Going, yeah. Oh, oh, dude. So I uh, I went there. He goes, yeah, I know. I hear. Yeah. I heard. <laughs> and I go, damn, I have, I have no topics of conversation with this guy. There's no element of surprise. Yeah. Like three times. I was like, oh, did I tell you this? I went over there. He goes, yeah, yeah. I heard it on the pod. <laughs> God damn it. I just will it's, shut up and drink that, I guess. Everybody on the planet should just have a pot. It's a way to keep being in touch with friends without <laughs> yeah, having to like absolutely. talk to them or something. Yeah. Um, that's pretty funny. He, really good dude. All, like, I, that's, I'll just say this. Yeah, you guys went about, to high school together. We did. He was, a, uh, I think, a year ahead of me. Um, but we didn't, we didn't, I knew who he was. I think it was his, I think we talked about this before, but I'll mention it again. Either his uncle or his grandfather owned LP Sweeney Auto, which was right near me, uh, and that's uh, where my dad BK went. Sweeney's. What BK Sweeney's? But that, but I think also his family member owned that place, and I think we also he heard this at one point, and he told you what the real story was. But I'm pretty sure they're related. And my dad loved the guy, the guy Sweeney. <laughs> loved him and he would go he would only take our cars to the sweeney place oh, because nice. of how good of a guy the guy was so uh that's what i think of every time i think of dan because i'm pretty sure they're related i guess good, unless good i chance. made that up in my head and i'm sure he'll tell you because he pro- might hear this episode <laughs> yeah yeah um but i will say um 11th street bar i want to go there more because I, I I frequent bars and and uh, um uh, uh, places with libations and Eleventh sure. Street Bar is a You're... place that like I should hang out at but yeah, I just never got around it to was it. Built for you, yeah, really yeah. <laughs> it just got it's that old. It's got it's like that wooden. It's that yeah. oak. That that perfect Irish bar. It's a good. Yeah, drink. you know, you ask for a shot of Jameson, they give you a half a fucking pint of booze. <laughs> you know, one of yep. those things. It doesn't come in a shot glass. It comes in a fucking thermos. It's it's fucking great. Yeah, it's a great. You know, one of the best Guinnesses pints I've ever had. You know, they 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 belong to that like perfect pour club where some guy from Guinness came and like judged, you know, the taste and the pour and the the look and the sexiness of it. <laughs> the curves of the Guinness. Yeah, the, yeah. He goes the cook, Ooh, the cook of the Guinness. It's cooking. Guinness meat That's what they do when they pour. I I kind of like that. I don't know if, uh, if if bartenders think it's it's corny or not, but uh, and you would know. I used to bartend where people go, uh, they're like, "Hey, you got my Guinness?" And like, it's cooking because they pour half and oh, they yeah. wait and then yeah. they put the other half. It's on the kettle. 
And uh, you know what? I'll do this. I will make a declaration right now. I oh, haven't had a, a Guinness in a long time, a very long time. Really? When I when the next Guinness I have will be at 11th Street Bar. I like it. We'll have a uh, Dimwit Nation gathering if you want. Yes, it'll be us. Come down, have a it'll pint be... with Dimwit Dan. He's the leader, and, uh, and, we will, and I, I'm, I'm assuming it's okay with him. But <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll be there, and uh, Daniel Poon, and that's about it. That's the only two. <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't had a Guinness in a while either, just because the, the summer months, it's not really a, a summer yeah. beverage. You're just yeah. going. All right, like I'm eating a fucking meat and potatoes meal here. It is like having a loaf of, of bread. Weather. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here we go. Here, there's the uh, any bartender now. Mikey Suarez, uh, old Buster Palm himself, just pulled up a, uh, I guess how to enjoy the perfect pint. And any bartender who pours a Guinness worth his salt is going to know how to do this. Yes, you tilt the glass, you pour it about three quarters way, and uh, you let it settle, and then you pint, you finish her off, and. Uh, Here's the th you even got to let that settle the cascade once because once I've seen so many people get handed their Guinness, they go right to chug it and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, let that baby rest for a second, <laughs> which is kind of hard to do because sometimes I've been on dates before and I've gotten a Guinness and which is a bad move because it's I just give a fucking milk mustache and it's yeah, sexy. He just but, bloated, uh, just bloated during the date. Yeah, yeah. And uh you know, this goes, hey, cheers. Nice to meet you. I go, I actually have to wait for my beer to be ready. For... <laughs> Sorry, ma'am. <laughs> Sorry. Cheers you yet. Yeah, yeah. I sorry, I drink You're... so much beer. I have to get the one that I know that I wait. Like it's like that's like such an alcoholic move to go. Normally, like like if I would just drink the beer, but I drink so much, I know that I have to wait for this beer. Right, right. I'm sorry, ma'am. I have to wait for my beer to settle. You have real pretty hair. <laughs> I'm on a date with two ladies tonight, and one of those ladies' name is Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> You're real pretty, almost yeah. as pretty as this <laughs> almost as pretty as this brunette right here. Eh? Yeah. I'm on a date with two brunettes tonight. Uh, that's an old uh, great John Fish joke about dating apps. He'd go, "Yeah, you ever see some girl that you think is cute, but then you, she posts too many pictures with her friends?" She's like. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, you're cute, but who is that in your photo? <laughs> I did the joke all wrong, but I got it. I, I got see it. that so many times on these dating apps where you see this one girl and you go, but who's the one on the left? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I always feel bad when I think that way, but you know, it's like, right. what are you going to do? Um, I was going to say, but you did bring up a good, a good thing, which is nickname survival i was nickname curious survival. because i like i have one that popped into my brain when you kind of mentioned it which is we my friend mike this guy mike from long island his name his nickname was booger for like yeah. it's the longest lasting nickname survival i've ever seen in my life it was like 30 years like like a long oh, wow. time and now he got to be like 35 and he or you know not 35 like probably 40 or even he, he even died. less than that he died. Yeah, he died. <laughs> and he the nickname moves nick on. Booger does not. Um, but the thing about it is, is it was such a universal nickname, and and we, I knew him through skateboarding. Everybody on the island knew him as Booger. Yeah, no, Booger. I didn't know this is one of these nicknames that I didn't know this first the first name of this guy for the first six years yeah, I yeah. knew him, like that kind of thing, right? And uh, but it's only only reason I went by the wayside is because he's like. Hey, I can't be being called booger when I'm 40 fucking no, years old. Like, no. and it's 
It's true. He's right. And nobody. Well, I, I have one of those too. My buddy Beef. He's my he's my accountant. He's my financial advisor. Yeah. Beef, but he that's, that's a childhood. He had he had buck teeth when he was a kid. So his his three older brothers started calling him Beaver. And we, still to this day in our you know early 40s are calling the beef Beaver. And how long? But so Wait, a still, little bit, a little easier to stomach than Booger, though. Booger is just a little. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, Beaver yeah. is like because also like if you walked into his work one day, you're not going to be like Beaver. Yeah. Like you know, he's in a here's he's in a thing. meeting. He's in a meeting, yeah. and you're, you yeah. walk in, you're like, ah, you fucking teeth. Like just you know, that's not gonna <laughs> yeah, that's not yeah. gonna happen. You know. Uh, so we got the reports back. Um, it looks like we're a little <laughs> down this quarter. Beaver, you want to walk us through this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want to walk us through that, that's funny. Um, but yeah, here's the other thing, though, too. Most females don't use the the Beeves uh, nickname. They usually his like his wife calls him Ryan, and like all our moms will call him Ryan. None of like the moms in college called him Beaver. They would always be like, "Yeah, how's Ryan doing?" I go, "Yeah, who? Oh, Beave. Yeah, he's fine." Yeah, I that usually is the way that it goes. Girls don't want to be involved in nicknames, and yeah. parents. They like they, it's it's probably a rule that they can't be because it's like you don't want to you can't familiar familiarize yourself that much with a kid to be like sure. hey Bieber <laughs> come on over well, Bieber. You know what's funny? Also, in a weird way, it's not really nicknamey, but I think you and I are the very are the same. Like I call people all sorts of different things. I I like to add wise, like I Shawnee. You know, I like to add you know uh, I like to pluralize things for people's names. You know. There's uh or or add like a boy Tommy boy like I come from that generation I think it's from my dad is he came up in that generation the World War II greatest generation they all did that like they all had Nick like he would tell me crazy stories of World War II he'd be like so I was in the foxhole with Mouse Turner and <laughs> you know like yeah <laughs> dude I'm not making that name up that's an actual name my dad told me yeah that's yeah, a real the only, person the only the difference is like it, is like you're going to like uh. You're calling yeah. those people that like you're writing comments on Instagram with the nicknames right. and your dad I, was like, I saw him die in front of me. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I I had to tell his family that he was gone. Like it's just, like he's going back to the gold watch to his infant son, Butch. <laughs> <laughs> Holy no, shit. But, so <clears throat> my point being is that my dad immediately like the one classic example we have in, in my group of friends was my friend, James, James Panapinto was not big on nicknames, but I mean, we call him Pinto, you know, obviously, obviously. Pinto. so, but Animal he House. does not like it. If you stray from James, like there's no Jim, there's no Jamie, there's no variation of James. He hates it, but my dad would do it no matter what, just because when James would come over, he'd go, Hey Jim, how you doing buddy? Hey, get over here, Jim. How you doing? Let's hang out. And yeah, my, he would obviously let it go. Cause it was my dad. But nobody else. So because so I think I do the same thing and I revert to that. Like a lot of our friends in comedy go by their full names. Like, you know, it'll, it'll be like, say there's a guy named Michael. I'll, I'll immediately be like, hey, Mikey, how you doing, Mikey? You know, I just immediately jump to the most in, informal right. version of your name. Well, that I'll do that with our friend Robert Dean. I was roommates with him for a while. Oh, I look, I, I call him Bobby Dean. I go, yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. go, and I'll go. Where's Bob? And the people are like, what, what are you talking? About? <laughs> Bob. What are you talking about? Because he goes by Robert officially for most part. But I, but I've known him, and I like going, hey Bob, and and I think he likes the Bob Dean thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. We uh, have a whole bunch. Yeah, Pinto, Brownie, McQuinte, Quince. Then there's nicknames within nicknames, which gets even crazier. Yeah, That's we had. Like, 
we just had so many Mikes and so many Johns that we had only like last name things. Yeah. And then we had uh, we're, the last names are big. I'm, I go Fiori is probably what I get called the most. Fiori, I, get, I would get called Donnelly. I would get called Sean John a lot. That was a thing because <laughs> I grew up in the 90s and there was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, but I um, I I never had. I always wished I had like a nickname nickname. I never really did. Yeah. I tried to uh, make AJ happen one year in Little League, and it was just <laughs> like yeah, I'd be like, "Call me AJ now," because my you know Andrew Josephs, like it's <laughs> technically true, but it just wasn't me. It's not my personality. I'll you tell know? you where where There's you no went face. wrong. No personality. <laughs> I'll tell you where it went wrong. Uh, you can't give yourself the nickname. That's right. where you went. Yeah, right. like somebody ha has to christen you the nickname. You know what I do now because I'm becoming an old man. And I always like this. It's an Irish thing, but if somebody's name is Mike, I'll say, "Where's Mick?" I like Mick. Like my friend's dad, <laughs> my friend Mike Regan, his dad would call him Mick. I always thought that was cool and, and pretty personal to be like Mick, like whatever it is. Uh, like, where's Mick? How's Mick? Like, yeah, that sure. I think I like that a lot. Anyway, uh, it actually Buster, makes sense. Though. Buster Palm. Well, other aside from the BP, did you ever have a nickname growing up, Mikey? <laughs> <laughs> Not growing up. Uh, this Liz calls me Mush. Mush, oh yeah, oh Mush, we yeah. get away from oh, Mush because Buster Palm is such a soft. But she's not the only one that calls you Mush, right? I mean, when uh, I first started hearing it, I I uh, slapped it on right away. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, she's the one. I even got that's my thing. I I go Mush. I go, hey Mushy. I even like I I add a nickname to a nickname. I go Mushy. What up, Mushy? And you know what Mush is from? Mush is from Bronxdale. Remember the guy? If the, he's coming down. And he'd been on the same horse as uh, Chaz Palmer, Terry, and them. And they just throw their tickets away because it's the mush. Anything he puts, is, right. anything he but bets on, loses. Liz made it. No, I don't think that's where she got He's it. He's just an yeah. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> is there an explanation? It was like, uh, why? No, when she met me, she, uh, she, Bobby told me, told her my name, and she's I'm just going to call him mush. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. What is she, in the mafia? <laughs> Well, uh, but it actually makes sense that you um, uh, I don't know if everybody caught it, but Andrew Fiore just dropped a little Pulp Fiction reference. That's true. And it's very fitting because I just got done listening to the the armchair expert uh, Dak Shepard interview with uh, Quentin Tarantino. And there was a couple uh, little tidbits in there that I thought were really cool. He was on there because he's promoting uh, he wrote a novelization of of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't think uh, maybe we mentioned it, but. Oh. He's been promoting it. So all these articles uh -huh. have been coming out. We mentioned the Steve Buscemi thing that it's probably Mr. Pink who plays yeah. Buddy Holly in Pulp Fiction. That's great. But he didn't mention, didn't, uh, they didn't uh, attend to that at all. But the reason I called up, the reason I, I um, made my name uh, Dutch Booth is because they mentioned Cliff Booth a lot from, um, from once, you know, Brad Pitt's character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And at one point, Quentin Tarantino is like any dude would love to be as cool and as put together and as like yeah, in yeah. control as Cliff Booth. And I'm like, yeah, totally. A hundred percent. Like get in control and cool. Just give me his looks and I'll make all the rest work. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> about that. But he's also such a badass in the, in the movie. And it, uh, he brought up, a, he brought up a great point about exposition. Uh, Tarantino was talking about in his movies, he hates exposition. He likes to hide the exposition in a 20 minute scene of people just talking. And what he wants to put it in there without you knowing about it. Right. Yeah. So I was like, that's interesting. And I was trying to think of examples. And then he gave an amazing one about once upon a time in Hollywood, because earlier in the episode, they mentioned even how cool the scene is where Cliff Booth gets home and he's just feeding the dog and the dog's trained. 
And Dax Shepard was like, yeah, I guess exposition-wise, I thought have that scene being about Cliff Booth and showing you how cool he is or whatever it is. Sure. And Quentin Tarantino was like, no, that was exposition about how trained the dog is. Mm -hmm. So if he would have, if you would have had the last scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where the dog is so trained and is is not whining yeah, when the guys any. people come in and not barking and not doing anything, you'd have been like, what is what's with this dog? Why is it so yeah. amazing? Yeah, yeah. But because he gave you that one scene in the trailer, you were like, oh yeah, this totally fits. But mm -hmm. you don't realize he's doing it. It's just kind of like a slice of life scene. Like you don't, you're not. They're not telling you, hey, yeah. they they're, they're foreshadowing foreshadowing without you really realizing their foreshadowing it's like I that kind of love a relationship between a man and his hound <laughs> i, I but, think i'm due for a rewatch uh, i think enough time has passed on once upon I a time watched it around thanksgiving time last year maybe so maybe i'm due for a review it's so good it's so yeah. good and i'll tell you another thing that i i was reading about uh because now of course on my news feed there's all these articles about it because he's been doing so much promo about it right tarantino Another, uh, the girl who plays the, the, the child actor in it, where they have that scene uh, together yeah. when he's filming the Western TV show. Apparently, there was a, a scene between Leonardo DiCaprio and her on a phone call. And oh, some other director, somebody who saw the scene, said that if he put that in the movie, that little girl would have gotten a Best Supporting nomination for really? an Oscar. Really? Yeah. She is fantastic. <laughs> She's we fantastic. She, we we thought he, we we were misquoting him for about four months there before the movie. I know, I know. I still I know. think our version is better. I think it's I I think it's so much better. I think it's so Just much to, funnier. To put this in context for the people who haven't been with us the whole way. So when the trailer for Once Upon a Time in America came out, um, maybe or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, what? Yeah, Hollywood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A lot of Once Upon a Times. Yep. Um, they show the little girl whispering into Leonardo DiCaprio's ear. She goes, what's his name in the movie? She, you're Rick. Rick Dalton. She goes, you're Rick Dalton. <laughs> we thought he went, that's a great fucking note. <laughs> Which is <laughs> so she goes, funny. She, she walks up to him after the scene and she whispers in his ear and says, oh, yeah. that was the greatest acting I've ever right. seen in my life. And he goes, thank you. And she walks away and he cries. And, he, and what he really says is Rick fucking Dalton. Right. Which is a great line, but we thought he said that's a great fucking note. <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which I think is better. I think it's better. I think it's I a think better it's line. Funny. It's such a funny thing, and that's kind of a thing that character would say. Same here. I think it totally fits the character. Absolutely. So in that in that vein, that little girl, apparently there was a she's gonna play somebody in some other movie coming up. I forget what it is. She was very but good. She's amazing, and apparently this scene that got left out of the movie. Oh, um, yeah, I hate to hear that. Yeah, but but also the reasoning because I'm reading this article going, then why would they leave it out? And apparently, it didn't fit the timeline of the movie. When they sat down yeah. and they edited the movie, they go those that the um what is it? That's August when he's filming that. That's August when August is done. August is done. Then they go to September and or October, whenever mm -hmm. it was after the Italian stuff. So he goes. He goes. I guess there's been multiple times where they have these great scenes and they put them by the wayside because. It doesn't fit the vibe or the the beats or the timeline of the movie, which yeah, is why yeah. these things end up being so brilliant. Because it's not like it's so funny. I would I don't know if I'd have that brain as if I was a filmmaker. I don't know if I'd have. Well, that's why I saw even what? saying it. You know how how long have these movies already been? Because it's like you said, we've said it before. It's hard to cut shit. Yeah, right. I imagine, Editing. Yeah, I'm sure Tarantino knew it was a brilliant performance. I'm sure it was heartbreaking to have to leave it on the the. 
the floor of the editing room, as they say, you know, I apparently after every take, they would just be crying. Both oh. actors, both actors Man, would be crying. Really, somebody dimwits. Try and find that footage. Go uh, dig it up. If we can, I, if I wonder if he'll put it out. Gotta. If they do the four hour one on Netflix, I wonder if yeah. it'll come as an extra yeah. or if it'll be in there. Maybe if he redoes the editing, which I don't know if he would do that. But um, how about uh, Dax Shepard? I've never really been a fan of that guy. I'm not a huge fan. And to be yeah. honest, uh, I think the interview is fine. But I guess Dax Shepard does a lot of directing now. So he does give the um, the the uh, the warning, you know, like the um, the the. the <laughs> He gives the thing of saying, "Hey, I'm not pretending that I'm on the same page, uh -huh. same same well, par with you, but when I'm directing a, a this and I, but even with that, I was like, yeah, don't even put it in a in like a camaraderie type asking right. the question. Like, don't even there do was that." Just so a while there, where he was in stuff, and I'd be like, eh, "I'm tired of you." And then like him and Kristen Bell would be popping up, and I'd go, eh, "I'm done with this couple. They're yeah, they're too it's ubiquitous." It's like it's like yeah, dude. It's like uh, Quentin Tarantino made made Pulp Fiction. You were on Punked, okay, Dak Shepard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were on the first iteration of Punked. Let's relax. Let's totally <laughs> relax. Because right. even at one point, like Tarantino, when you listen to him, he's so genuine and he's such a fanboy of movies that he you know, he's spitting out facts about movies with no pretense whatsoever. And Dak Shepard just kind of kind of comes off as a Hollywood guy. And at one point, Dak Shepard says the throwaway in the interview of being like, yeah, I'd rather make a couple of bad ones and see what happens. And then, and then Tarantino jumps in and goes, I don't want to make any bad ones. I don't want right. to make any bad ones. Right. And, and yeah. that's when it's like, yeah, you're the real deal. You're the actual exactly. real filmmaker, yeah. you know? Yeah. Ugh. They were just all over the map for a second with their dumb. They well, had their, their coupling. Yeah. They're, but they were in like commercials and shit for a while too, for like refrigerators and stuff with their yeah. weird, like, I get that they, more than anything just, because that's a fucking payday, you know? I, I know, but I didn't like their fucking camp counselor energy and just fucking, <laughs> 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 It was just like, I'm sick of it. Ugh. <laughs> so, yeah. that, so speaking of, and that's another thing that, you know, uh, going back to watching hockey, we've got, hopefully, well, we're taping this on Wednesday, game five happens tonight between Montreal and Tampa Bay. There's like a Fucking stage five hurricane. Hopefully that doesn't hit Tampa. The game's in Tampa. So hopefully the city and the series survives are able to play a game. But safety first, obviously. So uh hopefully you it was are, just you're rooting for Tampa, you have told the, the, the world, right? Told the world. I, I wouldn't say I'm rooting for Tampa. I'm it's more rooting against Montreal. You know. Because mm. I'm not necessarily a Tampa Bay fan either. And also, if you've noticed, I'm wearing my lovely Birthday present from Mr. Sean. Yes, Donnelly, I did Rangers notice dad. that. Yeah, I thought that was the case. Absolutely. Yeah, breaking that, her in. That means uh, you like the hat. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I couldn't find my other one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I don't think it's a bad hat. I can't. You know, no, it's great. I, I, uh, my other one is so filthy. I was like, let me give this other one a try. It's great. It's called The Colors I Love. I'm breaking in the brim and uh, and it's like it's also the first it's, look of it right here. It's very subtle. It just says New York on it doesn't really. But I mean, if you're a Rangers fan, you probably know it's a Rangers hat, you know, sure. and it pro could probably double as a Giants hat. Let's be honest. Absolutely. <laughs> you can wear it to any New York sporting event. <laughs> yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, um, but we I am. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. I no, was going to go. go, go, ahead, go, we, go, go. We, we shouldn't go any further without mentioning a passing of a legend. Yeah. Richard Donner, everybody. God, I they're know. just dropping off like flies lately. It's really upsetting. They're getting and close to death. It's so funny because one of the things it reminded me of is 
I think I might have brought this up on the show before. Richard Donner was amazing. He did Goonies. Uh, first two Supermans, I believe. Uh, Superman, Lethal Weapon. Both, the Omen. Uh, Nobody Lethal Weapon 1 and the 2. Omen. I didn't know he did The Omen. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, yeah. yeah, he was he was fa he's fantastic. He I think, the, I think the omen gets conflated a lot of times with Rosemary's Baby, which is famously Roman Polanski and, uh, you know, two little kids. But man, if from my my dollars to donuts, give me the omen over Rosemary's Baby. any yeah. day of the week. I thought, yeah, I identify little kids with little fucking creepy looks and wearing little suits are the most terrifying thing in the world to me. Absolutely. To just watch him. Dude, when I was a young kid and I saw the scene in the omen where the nanny or the, you know, the maid, whatever, she steps out onto the balcony at the big birthday party. She goes, it's all for you, Damien. And then fucking hangs herself. I went, eh, that's it. I'm out. I threw my hands in the air and just fucking lost. And he goes, check, please. Yeah, yeah. And he's just standing there with that evil look on his face i it's mean talk about yeah. perfect casting they nailed that kid and yeah. uh rosemary's baby was just always like a weird fucking trippy kind of thing it didn't really scare me as much and uh so yeah it was omen uh, a lot of people always rosemary's baby I, I, I saw once i but omen always stuck with me and i think it's because it's like the little kid thing always always does that totally did roman polanski uh, die too and we just kind of forgot about it did he die? Well, he was not. I don't think. I don't know if he no, did. He's, he's just not. Alive. He's not allowed in the um. Yeah, in the country. Not, uh, he just avoided his rape charges by just never coming back here. Right, right, right. Which I guess, if you're not from here, it's like, yeah, what? What? Yeah, that's all right. Oh, there's uh, yeah, here's Richard Donner's directing filmography: X15, Salt and Pepper, Lola, which uh, I don't know if that's the same one as uh, Stanley Kubrick's Lola, based on the book by. Some Russian guy. Oh wow, um, he did the toy with uh, Richard. Yeah, Pryor the toy was the other one I was going to uh, bring up, which the is Goonies, Lady Hawk with movie. Matthew Broderick, Lethal Weapon, which is fantastic. Or Scrooge. Scrooge. Scrooge I didn't know he did Scrooge. I had no clue. Lethal Radio Weapon Two. Is a nice little throwback. When how about this? Lethal Weapon One or Lethal Weapon Two? Make your pick. Here, dude. I, I am admittedly not as well versed in the Lethal Weapon universe as I should be. I've seen them all maybe like once or twice, but really? Yeah, I'm telling even you. Even two? Not... Even two? Uh, you got, I don't even remember what happens in two. Oh. Wow. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> what? what? I, I, Which one's I, Rene Russo? Uh, Buster, uh, you're, you're my age. Lethal Weapon 2, how well do you know it? I, I get it confused with things that happen in one a lot. But you know, I've seen it. I've seen it fifty fucking times. I've seen it so many times. What's so special about you? Get Patsy Kensett's boobs. I don't remember. You get to see Patsy Kensett's boobs, and I was like twelve, and it was a life changing <laughs> event. Well, I thought and the she, girl when she. I thought that was one when the girl threw herself off the. Uh, balcony. That's at the beginning of one, but that's not Patsy. You Kensett. see her boobs though too, right? Yeah, but that's not Patsy Kensett. She's not yeah, a main character in the movie. I don't even know who's. Two is two is way more fun. One might be a better like action movie without all like the tropes, but one one changed what like it, one is so such a uh, a, a well, pioneer a as far as action movie. Yeah, I, Buster, can you try to bring it up? Patsy Kenton's boom. There you go. They but they don't they don't have the picture there. But you don't have you see Patsy Kenton lying down. I didn't talk know she about was, like uh, that big on your list here. 
Well, that scene was because I went in the theater with my, like I went to go see this with my dad. So when oh, you're 12, that's tough, yeah. And you go I'm well, sure not, no, 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 more like through your jeans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Johnny, get us some my, popcorn. Not right yeah. now. <laughs> my little, my little Irish twelve-year-old penis, just like, huh? Like so confused. But I'd like, rather this, sh- sitting, this shouldn't please. be happening here. This is the movie theater. <laughs> So it was a really big deal to me to go to Lethal Weapon 2. Okay, Maybe I, well, I, you got an emotional connection there. That's uh, well, I, yeah, sexual and emotional connection. It's yeah. really confusing. But um, <laughs> but what you call it? Uh, I uh, no no. But I'm shocked you didn't see it a bunch. I thought that was like like di- that. That's where diplomatic immunity comes from. You know, diplomat. One of the greatest deaths ever in an action movie is when he gets the, the South African what? The concept of diplomatic immunity. They go, yeah, it I, wasn't a thing before Lethal Weapon 2. They invented but, it. Andy, I this is like this is almost as life-changing as Midnight Run. Like, Hold on. Th- it's not that I haven't seen them. It's just that this was the era in the decades of so many of these action movies coming out. And it, they were just Riggs and Murtaugh were not my guys. Buster Palm, do you you know what I'm talking about? Diplomatic community. One of the greatest lines yeah. ever in an action movie. I so don't recall it all. You top think of my head. that you think that Mel Gibson's like down for the count because the guy from the, the the racist South African guy from the consulate has shot him from above and he's just like totally done. But then he's already he's killed the other other South African guy that killed his wife and killed Patsy Kensett. If you haven't seen Little Up and Two at this point, I don't care if I'm giving spoilers. So yeah, seriously. So what's it called? So the, the guy, uh, the, the the main guy, uh, he has his gun. The main villain pointed at Mel Gibson for the final kill shot, and there's this huge, like giant, like like not even like a safe, like a, like a, like a, like a shipping container, like held up by ropes above, uh, what you call it? Above. Oh no, I'm I'm mixing up the scene. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. The guy who killed his wife and killed Patsy Kensett. They do this whole drawn out fight. And then he's almost dead, and the guy's standing there, and he's about to throw a knife at Mel Gibson, and he hits the button to have the shipping container come down and crash on the racist South African guy that killed his wife and Patsy Kensett. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. And then the main South African guy shoots him, and then they, they the Dan, Danny Glover points his gun at the main guy, and the main guy goes, diplomatic immunity. <laughs> and then they shoot him, and then Danny Glover goes it's just been revoked that's what, that's what he said it's one of the best scenes in cinematic history well and you people even... if you couldn't follow that there's something wrong with you <laughs> all right whatever i'm bad at telling recounting things i'm the same way. we can erase this part of I the podcast don't, yeah man i was just more of a diehard guy i guess i don't know why i here i think the the lethal weapons were always a little more uh graphic for me and i think those were I, I had a harder time being able to rent those and trying to, you know, uh, sneak away to those in the movies rated R and stuff like that. So I don't know why. So, yeah, I've seen oh, them wow. all. No, it's not like I haven't seen them. I just it's been a while. There he is. There's the this is the scene. Is that the actual scene? Just the screenshot. There he is on the ground. And, you, and the guy's shooting him and he, and he goes, watch. It's the best thing ever. Watch. Oh, Danny Glover shoots him in the head. It's just been revoked. Yes, (laughs) it's just been revoked. Come on, man. That is. 
He did the neck turn. He thought about it. He went, ah. Dude, it's one Dude, of the greatest scenes ever go? in a movie. Oh, there they are. It's so great. Oh, oh go, man. Go I give it a watch. I you gotta give it a watch just for the fun yeah. factor. I think you'll be into it because you you love movies from that time period anyway. So I think you'll love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank you, Richard Donner. Sad. Like it's a good movie, but it's very like it's not a funny it's it's weird how like wacky the Lethal Weapon movies got as, as they moved yeah. along. Yeah, they, they got they got very Joe they Pesci got very and rock and, and they got very sitcom. You're right. They were way yeah. more like they tried to be. You know why? Because they they became PG 13. They went from R to PG 13. Uh, you can't fucking you, you can't do it. You can't do it. That's always the other thing. Whenever I see a, a horror, a trailer for a horror movie that I get really excited about, because the trailers for horror movies are very easy to make scary. And you go, oh, this is going to be a good one. Then I go rated PG 13. I go, well, now I'm out. Garbage. Yeah, Let me go to a horror movie. You got to be rated R. I oh this is horror. the right. horror. Yep, yep, funny. Uh, all right. Let's take it easy. Anyway, uh let, the other thing I wanted to say was this. I think I might have brought it up on the show before. Oh, but right, um Superman two versus Superman one. Who what would you take? <laughs> all right. Now two is what's the plot of two? Two has it's the not it's the cube people, that's three. No, two is the Q people. It's Terrence Stamp. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, guy who does one, I won, one. I like. No that. way. I take two. I don't like those Q people. It's I weird... love those Q people. I think they're such fun villains. I also what are they're they just... called. There, there's something. There's they have a name for them. I forget the name because I haven't seen it in a long time. But I remember two more than one. I saw one only a couple of times. Two used to be on TV all the time. Two has that great scene in the diner where he doesn't have his powers and he gets beaten up by like the um, the truck driver. And then it, it, he's all embarrassed and he's like, you know, whatever. And then the end of the movie, he gets his powers back and he goes back in and completely just like throws the guy down the, the lunch counter. And everybody looks at him and he goes, I've been uh, and then puts his hands up like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. weightlifting yeah. and goes, I've been uh, working out. That's what he does. Right, right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. General Zod, Ursa and Nan, the, the, the Phantom Zone. Uh, is that what they're called? The Phantom Zone? No, that's where you go if you get in one of those cubes. Remember, you, you oh, get trapped in the Phantom Zone. I forgot it was called that. But General yeah. Zod, who was my first experience with Terrence Stamp, and then the guy, the 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 the, the Mike Albanese guy, the guy who looks like Mike Albanese. It goes, it just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks like our friend Mike Albanese. <laughs> Not really. He's just beard and he's a big guy. But. But the uh, yeah, dude, I uh, Richard Donner, R.I.P. Baby, because there yeah. they are. <laughs> There's Mike. He doesn't look anything like Mike Albanese. I don't know why I just no, said he... that. <laughs> uh, what is that guy's name? Fuck. In real life, nah, who plays Non in Superman Two? Hold on, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. Get to the bottom of it. Yeah, no, who... I want to know because I I know that guy's been in other stuff where we're gonna go. Oh, that fucking asshole. Uh, Jack O'Halloran. It... What else is he in? Uh, I'm not sure. Jack O'Halloran. Um, I, I always think of him as just in uh, uh, Superman too. But uh, before oh, we yeah. get out of here, I would like this to tell you I did. A, I saw a couple of movies in the theater this week, uh, Andy. All right, what do you got? I. You can totally tell Andy's looking something up. Yeah, he, yeah. It's, it's, he was in nothing else <laughs> I ever saw. Well, just yeah. I, that's why I was trying to think. I, I don't know him from anything else. Maybe in TV show or something. Maybe you, you know what he kind of looks like is the guy from Mr. Show who was at the Capitol riot. He under the beard, he kind of looks like that guy. He was a professional boxer with uh, not a bad record. 
Hmm. 34 wins, 21 losses, two draws, 17 knockouts. Maybe that's why he was known and he was in Superman, too. When he was on How Did This Get Made, he uh, talked about how his dad was a mobster. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like an Irish mobster? Yeah. Something like that. I don't know what. He he, ran with the 54th Street crazies. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It was him and uh, Mouse Turner, whatever his name is. Mouse Turner. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I saw a couple of. um, Lay it on me. Movies, uh, two, uh, two very different movies. On the daytime, I saw Peter Rabbit two. I see. <laughs> well, I, I should explain myself. One. I saw it with with Megan and her son Owen, who's four years old. <laughs> All right, it's okay. Not, there you go. Yeah, I don't know why you couldn't put that together in your head because I was kidding, of course. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't just me, but wasn't me just alone walking yeah, out yeah, to the ticket booth. Peter Rabbit one. Here you go. No, you, you walk in, you put up a fight. You go, well, I'm going to be completely lost. I don't know the plot of the first one. Yeah, I'm not by myself going to the ticket booth going one for Peter Rabbit 2, please. Peter Rabbit 2, please. Peter Rabbit coat. <laughs> no, so uh, I saw that and it was actually really, it was actually funny. Like it, it's the way that they make these kids movies now. They're like, oh, we're going to try to make them as entertaining for the adults as they are yes, the kids. Yes, yes. And they really do because they do a lot of like winks and nods to like the camera that of shit they know that the kids aren't going to get. And we went with Owen. And it's funny because I'm like, uh, he's four. So like, you know, I don't know, maybe like 45 minutes in the movie, he was like up and he was like, you know, we were the only ones in the movie theater. So uh-huh. he got up and he just started. He was like roaming around the movie theater and he was really excited. He's like, got another like, runaway over here. <laughs> so i saw that and then i'm really happy to announce uh that i saw fast and the furious nine at uh, uh me and uh um our pal uh, dan saint germain we went to go see fast and the furious nine which is now probably you're really gonna hate me uh <laughs> i already i think i already know that you haven't you've not have you not seen any of these not one dude Okay, here's the thing. I might man. not even have seen like f- more than five minutes of any of them. Okay. I've obviously seen tons of clips and, you know. I, I'm never, I'm not going to give you shit for not seeing Fast and the Furious movies. Like with things like Midnight Run, because of how much I love it, yes. Fast and the Furious to me is like, it's such a Rubik's Cube of, of a cinematic experience <laughs> because I, we've talked uh, about this in the podcast, I think, where I think we have, where we talked about our. Are the filmmakers in on how goofy the fucking movies are and how outlandish it is sure. and how, I, how I, corny I, it is. Yeah. I'm personally just not going to the theater for those. I'll watch them at home, but yeah, I just... That's Wait, me. so have you seen any of You said you haven't seen any of them. No, but I would. I would. Can you... Ha- oh, you know what's a fun experiment? Which is really... real. This is Now that you haven't seen any of them, we're actually at an advantage here. I'd like you to do something for me, if you can. No, all right. Please do this. Only do this. Watch the first one, mm-hmm. the Fast and the Furious, the Fast yeah. and the, whatever it's called, the first one, number one. Make sure it's yeah. number one. I believe. And then the go period. to the movies and watch this one. And then I want to talk about it because I you don't need to just bookend the, them. N- no, not. No, I'm telling you because you're gonna go. What 
the F is going. Okay. All We're right. We're going to go, what happened? And then you can go back and watch all of them. It doesn't matter. They're action movies. It doesn't matter. Imagine if I only saw the first and last one. I go, what happened to Paul Walker? Where is she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you only get your information from the Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just want to ask them. But based within the movies, I want you to go, how did we get here? How did this happen? All right, I'll try. I'm not making any promises. Uh, all right. Well, anyway. This Very one, busy. they get more and more ridiculous as they go on. This one is basically the Gone with the Wind of Fast and the Furious movies. It is fantastic. It is everything that you want. The gone with the Wind. Of it's it's like it's like they had a message board where people and they were like, "Hey, think up the most ridiculous things we could do in these movies." And they're like, "Done, done. We'll do this. Okay, we'll." There's one particular thing that I'm I'm that I want you to see that I'm not going to mention now that they did that. Is just chef's kiss, just unbelievable. Like this, these movies. Yeah. Also, the the script writing is so bad that you're just standing ovation on bad. Like me and Saint Germain's were dying laughing in the movie, like dying laughing <laughs> in the movie theater. Did they write it like uh, the script doctor, the this Hollywood script doctor from Key and Peele? Have you ever seen that sketch? No. It's one of the most brilliant sketches in sketch history comedy. It's about the making of Gremlins Part Two, the new batch. Where I have seen this. I've seen it's this. everybody go watch it. You can Keen Peels on Hulu, and it's in season five, just called the Hollywood Script Doctor. Uh, Jordan Peel comes in, and these guys are all sitting around the table. They're going, "All right, guys. So you know, Gremlins One is a big hit. Uh, let's write the sequel. Should be what are we? What are we thinking?" Uh, and they go, yeah, how about it takes place in an office building? He goes, all right, cool, cool. You know, you got the water, uh, you know, the, the uh, what do you call it? Or the water cooler. That might be a thing with the gremlins. He goes, yeah, okay, cool. And then just this over-the-top guy comes in, and they start going through every lunatic <laughs> thing that's in the new batch. And the guy's just going, uh, what if we have a uh, spider gremlin? He goes, it's in the movie. What if we have electricity gremlin? Girl, it's in the movie. It's just, it, dude, it's so fucking funny. And then they just cut to it at the end. They go, every single thing they talked about was in the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's in the actual Gremlins Part Two, the new batch, the movie. Yeah, that's so a maybe they're writing Fast and Furious Nine like that, where they're like, it's in the movie. I you think know? they probably are. I think they are, and they make it. They make it. They try to make it work for the universe of the movie. Like it's like I gotta watch that sketch now. It's it's the kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna check out the sketch again because I've se definitely seen it. It's um, so just type in script doctor Key and Peel. It'll come right up on Google, and, and just have a, a great five minutes. <laughs> but yeah, you had a good run at the at the movie house there, Peter Rabbit two. You all sequels for you. Yeah, all sequels. Uh, this weekend I'm gonna try to go see Black Widow with my with Saint Germain as well. That's I don't even uh, that I should be that. good. Uh, it's what'd you say? I don't even know if I know that one. I, uh, it's the Scarlett Johansson Marvel movie. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, well. And then also, I think later this summer, or maybe the fall, what's coming out is uh, with our friend Kumail Nanjiani, The Eternals. Ooh, and I'm man. hoping that does well for my friend. But I, they, it, I'll tell you, it's it's uh, it's when you have a Marvel character that nobody really cares about, or you know, or a team that that your 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 layman, your non Mike Lawrence, does not know about. Right. Um, when you have that, it's I don't think it's gonna do as well as the rest of them. I think they they should have interjected 
a known character into the um, yeah into the movie. Like they should have had like Iron Man just come on to one of their meetings and give a wave. Hey guys, just checking in. Just, well, I don't just, know if Iron Man's uh, alive anymore, Shawnee. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. There. Somebody Even like I know that. that. Yes, that is true. That is true. He's not alive anymore. But I've also um, been seeing articles about how somehow they're yeah, bringing sure Iron. Yeah. These so movies you, go. Time is time is a uh, is is not linear in these freaking movies. Death, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They're just like you had the magic pellet and you came That's back. What I think it's not of these things. <laughs> um, um, so anyway, one last. What was I going to say? Gosh darn it! My old dementia brain lost it. But, your your uh, World War Two. Oh, uh, you know. Uh, also, we also have um, the. We talked about it too, but the. I can't remember the title. It's The Many Saints of Newark. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. The uh, Many Saints of Newark, a soprano story it's called. A soprano story. And um, I saw I saw a thing online about somebody was questioning they have Silvio in the trailer apparently in one of the still photos like they had a screenshot from the trailer but he looks already like he's kind of balding so they're like how much older in the show is Silvio supposed to be from Tony and I think it's pretty substantial. I don't think it's just a couple of years. I think he's supposed to be like 10, 15 years older than Tony, right? I don't know if it's that much. He's yeah. a young, virile guy. I mean, Carmelo wants his uh, sausage in, in the show, you know? No, that, no, you're talking about... I'm no, that's, that's, Furio. Yeah, Sorry, no, Silvio. Still. Little yes, Stevie, it, little Stevie. With, with all that makeup, who knows how old he is, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. And he has the is wig. Steven and Van he... playing it. It's, it's Silvio, Silvio Dante, as we know him. And I think in real life, he's probably... I think he's only 12 years older than Gandolfini or something, but... Uh, that doesn't matter for movies, you know. They do yeah. they do him up to make him look like he's sixty in the thing. And Tony's probably supposed to be, yeah, it's pretty substantial. Tony's probably supposed to be like what forty two in the in in the beginning, maybe even. <laughs> oh, gee, yeah, they, I have a real bad feeling about this movie. Oh, <laughs> there he is. There's Silvio. Oh come on. Oh, so maybe he is younger. That's the worst screenshot I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's a little bit ridiculous to have him wearing the same suits back then that he's wearing in modern day, like. I only I think he would have aged into those suits, don't you think? Maybe or maybe not. Maybe the mafia guys wear those suits. Zarno is known for their taste. But he's wearing to give you a context. He's wearing this black suit, with red shirt, white tie, and he, he's he's doing the uh, a little bit hunched over with a point. Looks like uh, a fat Sean Penn trying to be Italian. <laughs> so, yeah, man. What do you? Why don't you make your predictions? What do you think? Many things in New York. I'm excited. I'm I was. Scared. I'm excited, but I'm nervous that it's going to be a caricature. Let me. Well, how about this? Besides what it actually is, as far as the movie goes, bomb or it'll do well. Just because it's hard numbers? box office numbers, yeah. Because it's hard for these movies to do well now, even when they are attached to a property like that. I think it's gonna middle. I think I'm gonna push here. I don't think it's gonna bomb, but I don't yeah. think it's gonna be a blockbuster. Yeah, I think, I think you're just, right. You know, middle of the road. And I what think, I'm like, hoping diehard fans will go, but like, uh, how it's such, you know, I don't think people are super stoked like we are. Uh, like the general masses are going to rush to the theater, you know? Yeah. I think it'll, I think it'll make okay money. I don't think it'll be a, a bl- I don't think it'll be a number one over a weekend or anything. Also, um, like if you look at the trailer, it makes it look like it's like the Tony Soprano story, right? Like yes. Tony Soprano origins, whatever. Uh, but I think they might be doing that for promotion's sake, because if you think about it, the TV show, they had multiple storylines going on. So you'll probably see that in this. It'll be the Tony thing might be the main one, but I'm sure they'll try to like, 
something you never heard of happens in the movie. So to give it like that, that credibility, yeah. that's not just uh, Muppet babies with Tony Soprano, you know? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, another fun one, Shawnee. <laughs> Andy's done everybody. I had nowhere. Well, you had nowhere else to go. I know you had nowhere else to go. I got nowhere to go. I got nowhere to go. Uh, but you can tell the people we're going to be doing another Soul Drill gig together. Oh, that's right. We and it's this be... month. We can start promoting it now. Come on, come on out sure. to Jersey, we'll be folks. In uh, two weeks. Christ, the time goes by quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, you, you forget when you were a little kid, summer just seemed like it lasted forever. And now you're going, well, it's the end of summer in four days, essentially. Yeah. 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 It goes here. fast. Um, uh, I, just I wrote something wrong in my calendar here. Looking at it, I wrote something a week off. And as much as I rely on this thing, that would have fucked me up. Uh, yes, July twenty second. Uh, I don't know the venue, but it's in Ventnor, New Jersey. So we'll get to the venue. Soul Joel's uh, SoulJoelComedy.com uh, should have all the information there. But yeah, if you're in the, uh, I'll even throw the Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Atlantic City area out. We will be down there on that date. I'll be at Mohegan Sun the week after, and uh, I'll be in Stone Harbor on August 15th. So I got a lot of Jersey Shore stuff coming up. I, the week the after, I will be at the House of Comedy uh, in Minneapolis, Ooh, Minnesota. Yeah. That's That'd at the fun. Mall of America. So uh, yeah, make sure you come check that out. And I'm going to be – I have a gig on the on – the, I have a gig uh, – let me see. The day, the day that this episode comes out, I'll be in – uh, Berkshires, um, but I don't know where. <laughs> the Berkshires. The Berkshires. So follow my social media. I'm I'm at Shawnee Time on Instagram and Twitter, and also follow my friend, the 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 old Jello over here. Follow yes. him. It's at Andy Fury on Instagram and Twitter, and follow Buster Palm himself, the guy who knows about Lethal Weapon too. Uh, he is at Lee Mike V Suarez. Uh, follow us. Follow the show. That's probably the most important. Let's let's get let's get some followers out of this here at the DYM podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I've been posting these clips to my TikTok. That's at Shawnee Time TikTok. Uh, and guys, message us. Let us know what you think of the show. We we're very excited with these episodes, and we've been having a lot of fun. And um, we 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 can't thank you enough. Thank you to the laugh button. That's at the laugh button on the same social medias. And we will see you next week, right, Andy? That's right, sir. Talk to you guys then. Talk to you guys then. I, I, I mush mouthed it at the end. I'm He's drunk. He's drunk. <laughs> bye bye. I'm not sitting. <laughs>